0: back, mummers. Over the years, I have spoken to many, many women who, one of the first things they say to me is, this is what I do for a living. I should know how to do this. There seems to be an extra level of expectation around birth, babies, early childhood. If you have been trained in this in your professional life. And what I have witnessed over and over again is that level of expectation on themselves brings a much bigger level of shoulds. And of course, everything about becoming a mother is new. Even if you have been at 100 births before, being the one giving birth will be different. Even if you were a kindergarten teacher for the last 10 years, educating and entertaining your child is going to be different. Because on every level, matrescence and motherhood is about you as a woman changing. This is why I really wanted to speak to Edwina Sharik. I heard about Edwina's story through the Gidget Foundation, which is a very important foundation here in Australia that supports women and their partners through postnatal depression and anxiety. They have a national telehealth program for families experiencing perinatal depression and anxiety called Start Talking. And I read about Edwina's story on their website. Edwina is a midwife, the mother of two, and had her own experience of going into motherhood heavy with shoulds. I should know how this works, I should know what to do, this should be easy. And of course, as motherhood does, it cracked her open in completely new ways and showed her that instead, this is about her becoming a mother. At the end of this interview, I will share all the resources to Gidget Foundation, as well as Edwina's online birthing program, Birthbeat. But for now, enjoy. The Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realised that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me and since then have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights, and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Edwina, thank you so much for joining the Happy Mama Movement podcast. My absolute pleasure, Amy. So I'm talking to you today because I was really interested to explore your story on this podcast. I have been speaking to many, many, many mummers over the last five to seven years, and I've often noticed that it is the women who were already in the birth, parenting or early childhood space that often have struggled the most with not being able to uh, live up to their own expectations of what they thought motherhood would be. For example, women who were midwives or doulas, finding it really difficult if a birth doesn't go to plan. Uh, Children who are really busy and active and their mums used to be school teachers, those mums find it quite hard also. Why can't I do this at home? This is what I'm trained to do. So when I read your story on the Gidget Foundation, which we'll hear more about in a moment, I thought, oh, I really want to speak to Edwina because this is exactly your experience of motherhood. So shall we start from the beginning? Tell us about. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I hope I live up to any expectation there. I'm like, oh, I
1: don't feel like my story is that interesting, but I think my stories are very common and I'm very happy and comfortable sharing and I think that's the unique thing.
0: It is. And as I said, over the years, I've been quite surprised at how common this is and actually not surprised because all of us go into motherhood with certain expectations of how we're going to handle it. And if you have previous experience in this area, of course, your expectations are going to be high. So what were your expectations going into motherhood?
1: Yeah. And and just to speak to that very briefly, I think you touch on something that I would go wider than even midwives or I would say clinicians. So doctors, nurses, obstetricians, anaesthetists, and I I work with a lot of health professionals who do my course because I encourage that it's about taking that hat off of whatever your professional service is or whatever you do professionally day to day and actually changing the mindset to, no, I have a different role here now in this relationship. So that's, I, I think I think you're right with midwives, doulas, but I would say even wider clinicians as a whole or anybody who really has sort of got to a certain level of achievement in their job and their role and that sense of control each day, <laughs> and then that's hugely challenged when you become not only a mother but a parent. Um, so I, I'm a very typical example of, when I became pregnant with Polly, who's my first daughter, I elected not to do any childbirth education classes. We did have a childbirth education class that was really great in our area, so I'm in regional New South Wales. And those classes closed while I was pregnant with Polly, and I was very disappointed by that, and I didn't really love what was being offered by the public hospital at the time. And I, just, I was very dismissive of my partner, my husband's role as well. I was like, look, I'm a midwife. I know what I'm going to need to do. (laughs) You don't really need to know anything. You know, it's going to be all me. And I just couldn't have been further from the truth. Mm. And I think that I approached it from my nursing midwifery background, which is very clinical and very, you know, um, we know the stages of labor and we know what indicates that the cervix is dilating. And we know, you know, like going through it in a very clinical way when really I needed to... Be able to not be the clinician and just be not but be the mum in that mm. scenario and actually rob him of the opportunity to really participate in the birth and not feel and I, I say shocked but I mean that in the genuine use of the word you know as in I don't know what's happening so I feel quite scared. Uh, not that it was a negative birth experience it was actually a really positive birth experience I robbed him that opportunity
0: to participate and off Before we move also another this. How do you feel about uh, going to a thing that you that need to last? Well, that
1: correct, but, You know, there's really that much. Exactly, how it just on there, how it on the My phone, and so yeah, very positive birth experience. I jumped in the shower, my waters broke. I got out. There was a bit of meconium, so essentially, Theo had done a little poo inside of the amniotic sac, uh, which meant they needed to monitor me. They put me on a monitor. I jumped back in the shower. I said, "I'm ready to push." I came out and I pushed. And I think 20 minutes later, Theo was born and up on my chest. Wow. And it was just, it was just a joy. So I, could, I could just, you know, if I could keep having babies, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm a natural surrogate because I enjoy burning the babies so much. Mm. Um, and I remember Theo came up onto my chest. He was 4.2 kilos, Amy. Wow. So he was a big boy. He was 1.2 kilos bigger than Polly. So even just that initial, I was like, Oh my gosh, he's a big boy, and midwife. I remember him, her saying, "He's a big boy," uh, and he went to the breast for a feed, and it just something just wasn't quite right. And I can reflect on that now, but I had this feeling of, "Come on, you've already successfully breastfed one baby really well. Everything will be fine." And I didn't ask for help. I, you know, I just sort of went, oh, that's stinging and pinching, but he'll be okay. And then our first night, we had to spend... I want to go home in the afternoon, but we had to spend a night in school because of the who dum He said, she said, it's hours. And he's very short of the night. I'm thinking of it. My people say, I think, before, because he's a cat and a dog. not a We have a baby. Do it sex after you have a baby. And it's a gauge of the maternal depression and anxiety. And... I remember in the shower that morning thinking, she'll do an EDS on me. This is the way you should answer. Don't German. Do you know what I Whatever's going on with you now, Edwina, like mentally preparing myself, going, you know how to answer that survey. So just.
0: So you had planned so, to lie? Yeah. Yep. Just was thinking,
1: don't show anyone the cracks. I was starting to see the cracks myself, but it was like, no, it's just you've got a new baby. I, you know, very much I have that attitude of, come on, just. Dust yourself off and keep going. Yes. And we had our catch-up, and it was lovely, and I knew the midwife. And when the time was coming to end, I had Theo in the capsule, and I was walking out the door, and I had my hand on the handle. And she said, oh, Edwina, we haven't done your EDS, but you're right, aren't you? And I remember just standing there with my hand on the door thinking, you can open this door and walk out and know that you're not all right. And I don't know where that's going to go. Or you can say now, no, I'm not okay. Hmm. And that was when I turned around and said, I I don't think I'm okay. You know, the tears started and that was what led us on to, I think, a referral to our GP and me starting to talk more openly to Roscoe. I was hiding the sleep deprivation and I was hiding the lack of appetite. And the really crappy thing around that is you get so much positive praise for looking well after you've had a baby if you're losing weight. Where as I was losing weight because of was sleep-deprived, you know, not able to eat. I would eat and it would be difficult to swallow, but I didn't understand at that stage that that was anxiety. And then... Our GP was great um, and she put me onto a, I think it was a six or an eight week at that time, now it's a 10 week mental health plan and I was able to go and see a counsellor who really just said to me, I just don't actually think you've ever truly been challenged in your life and I kind of sat there and thought, I think she's right, I've had a pretty privileged upbringing essentially, Um, I grew up in a regional town, supportive parents, supportive sisters, wonderful husband and Theo was probably the first time in my life that I was properly challenged and I didn't have any tools to manage that challenge oh hence my to led to by anxiety
0: I love so, that insight so much uh, because...
1: I, it wasn't all it wasn't all that clear at the time uh, and then and then she was able to start sharing tools with me that I was able to implement in my day-to-day which I still have to do To this day, that's what I also think is important to share with mums or to share with anyone. I still have to be conscious of how I, you know, my self-care, my exercise, my diet, and I know what will make me feel more anxious, but it doesn't mean that I don't sometimes go down that track. I'm running a business. I employ five staff. I have two children. You know, there's a lot of things, but sometimes there's a lot of balls in the air now. Um, But I'm actually so grateful for the experience because, now when a mum says to me, it's hard, I go, yeah, it is hard. Tell me about that. Mm. And that is so much more powerful than what I hear other people going, yeah, well, you know, welcome to parenthood or, yeah, you know, babies don't sleep. And I'm like, that's not helpful to a new parent. They just need to be heard and need someone to take the time to see them and listen to them and help prepare them and actually give them tools to help them rather than dismiss how hard
0: they're finding it. Exactly. And so my focus is always on matrescence, this this deep transformation of who you are through these experiences of motherhood. And yeah. really it sounds like Polly uh, – stretched you a little bit, changed your world a little bit, but it was this beautiful second baby, this Theo, beautiful soul that came in and really stripped away who you thought you should be in this experience to leave you open to being someone new. You said a couple of times in that story, I felt like I should know what to do. I should know what to do about the breastfeeding. I should know what to do to look after myself and make sure I drink more and rest more. Like all through that story, Mm. there was this assumption that I should be able to do this and that was the cracking open that was the actually no I need to talk about it and I need some help here
1: yeah absolutely and uh and now I'm so grateful to my little wild man Mm -hmm. he's six and I'm like you you helped shape me and helped me grow but also the gift of being able to support more women and being that level of empathy and that level, I think, of understanding as a midwife has made me so passionate about what I do every day. So I'm, I'm hugely grateful for that opportunity, but it was, you know, stank at the time. <laughs>
0: So now in your support for the Gidget Foundation as an ambassador angel with them in spreading this message around postnatal depression and anxiety and getting the support you need, as well as in your work of preparing women and their partners through Birthbeat. Looking back, what do you now say to others going into this experience? Is there a way we can prepare women and their partners differently, so that that shock, not only from the birth, but the experience of early motherhood, all of it, what can we do? What do you want to say to them to make it different?
1: Absolutely, we can. And I think it is that um, expectation that we put on ourselves, that we should know what to do. Exactly. Whereas we wouldn't expect you to go and start a new job or, you know, learn to drive a car without lessons, without support, without asking someone how to do it. And I think, again, the way our culture has become very, um, you know, we don't sit around and really talk on that deeper level and share that with family and sisters and partners. And, and so I think it's that sharing and really being open and honest, but it is about actually educating couples about what to expect so that there isn't that shock and fear that is a huge part of it and then if you are experiencing it where to go and what to do is hugely important and provide a community that is kind and understanding and lacking judgment and that i think that's what keeps me so passionate birth beach what i love about Digit is that they do provide those services where i i guess where i really want to Support and Drive Digit is that I like the work that they're doing with regional Australia now. I think that's hugely important that these services don't just exist in metro areas. Um, You know, if I had have needed further support at the time, or particularly for Polly, it would have been getting in a car and driving for five hours. Yes. To go and get that support. So I like that we can now do things online. I like that we are now using, you know, technology and advancement and innovation to better the experience for
0: everyone. Totally agree with this. Uh, In a way, COVID-19 has allowed so many good changes to come for services and access for people who wouldn't usually be able to access them. Finally, though, Edwina, I just would love to circle back to what you said at the beginning about um, clinicians, women who in some part, in some way, are in this space of I should know what to do <laughs> because mm. I'm a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, a childcare worker, a doula, a midwife, whatever it is, a life coach. Uh, I've spoken to women who were meditation teachers. I should know how to calm my mind after having a baby. All of these shoulds. I really want to draw out what you said about becoming a mother is like taking off that hat of knowing what to do and, and becoming someone completely new. They're not the same thing, which is what matrescence is about. And what would you say to women who are really still telling themselves, because of who I am or what I do, I should know what to do here? I think, I think what I would share with women is that, you,
1: you know, you have your sense of identity around your job and your role, and that. You know, that That's a great thing. But really question, will this serve you well as a mother? And to look to others and to really ask their experience, my personal experience, would say that it's not going to serve you particularly well. You want to go back to a place of being curious and getting educated and getting empowered. And that's learning a new skill as, as being a mother. So sort of think about, actually visually
0: removing that hat
1: and placing another hat on and coming to it from that space, I think is super important.
0: I love that, visually changing mm. your identity. I am not the doctor here, I am the mother. Yes, yeah.
1: or whatever role it was. And, it's, and, and I think the important thing about identity as well, because often then what happens is that feeling of, oh, I'm only a mother and I've lost that doctor hat. And I say, no, no, that's not what identity is about, it's about saying there's going to be a time and a period where you'll have more focus on one, but it doesn't mean the other's lost, or it evolves into a new identity.
0: Exactly. Perfectly said, Edwina. Thank you so much. So, in the show notes, I'm going to link into the Gidget Foundation's Start Talking program, which really allows these types of conversations to continue for you to reach out and get support if you need, as Edwina said, especially if you're in regional areas outside of metropolitan areas. And also link in with BirthBeat, which is the amazing resource that you've now built to really. Properly support and prepare parents as they're going into childbirth. Thank you so much for joining me and for your courage in sharing your story today, Edwina.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Amy, for having me. Happy to share.
0: I think no matter what job you did, what training you've had before motherhood, we all carry our own levels of shoulds our own expectation of what pregnancy, birth, babies and childhood looks like. But if you have come to this from a profession that is in this space, then that extra level of expectation is heavy. I hope that listening to Edwina's story, you can see how you too can take that hat off and realise that you're becoming new But just because you're trained in this as a professional doesn't mean that becoming a mother is not going to be a massive transformation of who you are. That's what it's for. That's the exciting bit. You can find out more about the very important Gidget Foundation and all that they do at gidgetfoundation.org.au and also look at the wonderful new resource that Edwina has built to really prepare you and your partner for birth at birthbeat.com. And if you have someone in mind who's preparing for birth right now, please forward this podcast episode to her. This is how we support each other differently. Until next week, Satnam.